Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Fighting Words on the Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police fire services, and men and women in health services that are helping us through, get through this COVID-19. First thing we want to do tonight is dedicate this program to all the folks in Oregon and California that are going through such, such horrific uh, times of losing their, their valuables, their homes, and everything else. We also and it's freezing in here. We also like to take this, uh, this opportunity to say to all our Jewish friends, What are you New talking Year. about? We appreciate it. I didn't really want to go to Florida. Who said I didn't want to go to Florida? <laughs> when? <laughs> when? <laughs> What time of the year? When? When? What are you talking about now? Yeah, that's how we started. That's how we started. I never said that. 
I don't want to retire there. Do you? Do you want to go there? Hey, Bob. Tell me about so, tonight's fight, Bob. What's your we thoughts? We had property there. Well, we got uh, headlines. We got Colby Covington, you the smart mouth, and Woodley. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but, you know, I hate to say it, Colby uh, Covington's got a shot. I mean, he's got the tools to beat Woodley, but I'd, I'd rather it not go that way. You know, not like mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of Woodley, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, I just, I, I've got nothing left in my heart for guys that do that much smack talking, but at least he's kind of funny, you know. But another great yeah. fight right before that is we'll have uh, uh, good old Cowboy Cerrone um, fighting great. as well. So that'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cowboy yeah. Cerrone, Nico Price is a, is a fun fight, and I wouldn't be surprised if that takes fight of the night. Tyron Woodley, is, is he's going to get dominated. Kobe Covington is going to beat the hell out of him. Um, yeah. At pace and pressure have always been a problem for Tyron Woodley. When he was younger and, you know, he was much more fast twitch and, you know, retained all his athleticism, he could be he could explode with a quick punch, and that's what made him so dangerous. Or he could explode with a quick double leg takedown, and that's what made him so dangerous. But, you know, as we get older, we get less athletic. We lose that dynamicism, so he's not as explosive. And so now at, at an advanced age for a fighter at 38, pace and pressure, which is – Kobe's hallmark. That that is the worst stylistic matchup for for Tyron Woodley. The only question to me isn't whether Kobe Covington's going to win the fight. Is will he be the only other man to stop him since way back in Strikeforce when he got stopped by Nate Marquardt? Right. Yeah. Woodley just doesn't even have that. You know, all he kind of had was the wrestling and a big bomb. He doesn't even have the. Yeah. I think he's right-handed uh, or southpaw. I can't remember, but. He throws that one big shot, you know, and he just waits yeah. for it and waits for it, and, and it, he just got no sting on it anymore. Mm-hmm. But Taroni and Nico Price will be exciting. It's already getting dubbed at Fire of the Night. It hasn't even ha- happened yet. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be that'll be explosive. Mm-hmm. I'm also, uh, Bob, looking forward to Hazmat Chimiev step up against uh, Gerald Mershman. Um, yeah, that'll be you know, too. as far as fight island, but you know he's, he's fight. First of all, he's a welterweight, and you know he's taking another fight at middleweight, and you know he's fighting a solid guy. So it's going to be very interesting to see how good he is, what his ceiling could be, and you know how effective he really is. Because he's always fighting my, my, fight my at welterweight. Oh, he was he was slotted but, to fight Maya, huh? Well, no, he's fighting. He's he's good. Tonight to fight Gerald Marshart, but he's yeah. also scheduled to fight Maya in October. And so wow. obviously, yeah, GM three's taking that as being very disrespectful to him because you know GM three's like not only am I a quality opponent, but this guy's a welterweight and I'm a middleweight. So you know, I don't, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But the the other one I want to ask you about was uh, the Waterston Hill fight, uh, UFC. Mm. Um, what did you think of that one? The Waterston fight last week. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was I was traveling last week. Yeah, I didn't you get took to see a week off. Yet. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I had to fly out and get my truck, and that's not working out. Here I am, broke down in Vegas again, and I I, I can literally walk from the dealership over to the. Are you that, serious? Uh, you're broke down yeah. in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Vegas right now. <laughs> I can I can see. I can see the UFC annex from my from the dealership. They're working on my truck, and I can't get in. It's all coveted up. So, like the one time, unbelievable. Yeah, I guess maybe his wife will buy that story. That his truck broke down, but uh, yeah, you know, everybody else out here is thinking, oh, got to Vegas. Yeah, like, sure, of all places himself. for it to oh. break down, it breaks down in <laughs> Vegas on a yeah. UFC night where they're in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, it started in Moab. I pushed through. All right, last night. All right. <laughs> if I was, was going to get stranded somewhere, I didn't want it to be Moab. I pushed through. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> hey, Chris, uh, we got uh, Jose Pedraza versus uh, Javier Melinda tonight. What, what's your thoughts on that one? Ooh, I'm not. I'm not really familiar there with. Too too much for that. Say, uh, what weight division are they? 
Uh, they're fighting at 140. Yeah. Yeah, they're fighting at junior welterweight. Jose Pedraza, Dr. Chris, you might remember him a few fights ago. Oh, I know him well. Yeah, Pedraza. Yeah. yeah. Melina yeah, was the guy who uh, was a prospect. Oh, Melina. Melina. He's been yeah. beat up too many times, Melina. Well, he, he, I think he's punchy. He, he, uh, well, he, he, he's coming down from 147 now, and since he's been at 140, he's been undefeated. Um, so it'll be interesting because you know uh, Pedraza fought as low as 130. Yeah, Pedraza's a good fighter. He's Molina, he's, he's taken too many shots in his lifetime. He's been, he's been in too many killer fights. I don't think there's anything left. He uh, he really been in some wars. Oh, Doctor Chris, it's not John Molina. John Molina retired. It, it, it's Javier Molina. Javier. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. John John Molina agreed with you, and he retired. If <laughs> you you fight. Yeah. Uh, you he got beat up so many times. Oh my God. Yeah, he retired. You know, I'm not familiar with those guys, Frank. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Have, have uh, you Pedraza, I've seen a million. I've seen a million times, but uh, I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with the other guy. Mm-hmm. They all carry the same names. A lot of those guys have the same last <laughs> names. You get a little confused there. How many how many Mexicans got the same last name? Quite a right. few of them. You know, from the Spanish fighters. Wow. Confusing as hell. We got uh, Eddie Hearns trying to put a, uh, a fight together with uh, Gary Russell and, and uh, Yuri Gamboa uh, by, uh, by the end of uh, end of the year. Do you think that'll happen? No. Um, what's actually going to happen is, is it, you're going to see. So what it is is Yuri Orkis Gamboa is more than likely going to fight uh, Devin Haney. Um, it would be Devin Haney who's probably going to – and it would be a step up for Devin Haney even at Yuri Orkis Gamboa's advanced stage. Um, Gary Russell had been calling out Devin Haney, and Devin Haney had responded, but that's not going to materialize. Um, and also, either way, Gary Russell – there's no way Gary Russell would move up to wait and wait to fight Yuri Orkis Gamboa. So what you're hearing is just kind of like – you hear kind of like an amalgam of a lot of internet chatter between these guys, but no fight is close to being signed, except for potentially mm-hmm. Haney and Yuri Orkis Gamble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Bob, The uh, it looks like Bellator is going to move the CBS uh, back until October. Do you have any information on that? No, I didn't, I didn't see why, um, you know, what, why they're doing it, but um, I'm really, I mean, Bellator is not getting enough uh, enough credit anymore. UFC is still taking the limelight. I really want Bellator to take off, you know. Um, UFC is spreading out to Wednesday nights, Friday nights. Yeah. Night. You know, I mean, they're just, they're just trying to monopolize everything, so. Mm-hmm. And then he's given, uh, with his, uh, his Wednesday night uh, fight, he's given the fighters uh, a, um, an additional uh, paycheck uh, for just for winning. So, right. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, so that's, I guess that's why he's I, getting uh, so many people over to his side. I also know that Bellator signed, they may have signed a deal with CBS Sports or somebody. They just recently signed a deal with someone. And that could be the reason. Yeah, and that could be the reason why. Yeah, so I think that's the reason why. Uh, things are moving a little different now because they're, they're you know, dealing with a different platform, some different time frame. But Bellator, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Pluto TV, which is just like it's free online TV. And so Pluto TV, I, I have it for free, just part of my smart TV. Um, but Bellator now has a 24-hour channel on Pluto TV. So um, – yeah, yeah, Bellator or Pluto, they have a Bellator channel, Bob, and a Glory kickboxing channel. So my my TV Ooh. literally stays on those Ooh. channels. Um, but you know they're you know they're replays, but you know they they're within everything's within the last three to five years, and um, again, so it gives Bellator a little bit more exposure. 
So, I, you know, yeah. that's what you want to see because obviously, you know, Monopoly is not good in any business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the CBS is going to give them a chance to be uh, live uh, from, you know, all over the world, too. So they'll yeah. get they'll get more uh, more coverage and stuff. And um, they're going to hold their first one and first one ever in France. So, uh, oh, yeah, they've got yeah, that big Paris event. Yeah. Spreading out, spreading out, getting the fan base. We gotta, we gotta work it up. Get some, get some boxing sure. sponsors. <laughs> sure. Uh, Ty uh, Kovalesko is uh, fighting, fighting tonight with uh, Mikhail uh, Zawinski. Do you have any information? Oh, that on was that? last week, sir. Yeah, that was last okay. week, and, and uh, he won by, uh, he beat Zawinski by, uh, I think, an eighth round stoppage. And we kind of predicted that. Zawiski's a certain level. He had a, a, a shiny record, but part of the reason why he had a shiny record is because he had really fought uh, local opposition in Canada. Um, he had one step up fight. He lost pretty widely. And, you know, it was, it was a get back fight for Kovacolis. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it was a get back fight because his previous two, he had got knocked out by uh, Terrence Crawford. Before that, he had a draw with Ray Robinson. This was his first win in a couple of years, so this is a pretty important fight for him. It keeps his name uh, a mandatory contender. So that was that was what it was about. Uh, Zawiski was there; it was a, a step up, a great opportunity for him. But he was going in as the underdog, and what everyone thought would happen is what happened. He got stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I misspoke there. I mean, he he uh, now says he either wants uh, Porter or Ortiz. Um, of those two, which is the which is the better fight? Uh, for him, neither. Um, Virgil Ortiz yeah. is still young, so that that would probably be the better fight for him because Virgil Ortiz is he's young, he's still a little wet behind the ears, but he's tremendously talented. He's a good sized welterweight, and at this point in time, that would be that'd be a very interesting fight, um, and I'd like to see it, but. Uh, Sean Porter right now uh, would be a little too much, in my opinion, for Kyle Plus. Although that's the fight he should target because that would step his uh, reputation up. It, it, a win against Virgil Ortiz or Terrence Porter would really help his resume. Obviously, Porter would be the bigger name right now, but Virgil Ortiz is a young gun who's coming. So, be interesting. Chris, you got anything on that? Not really. Not really. I'm just sitting here thinking. Uh, I'm thinking about Porter. Uh, he's been around a long while now, and, and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, what are we champions we got now? We got we got Keith. No, he's number one, right? Yeah. Is Keith okay? Keith. Yeah, nah, Keith, okay, Keith we... is no longer a champion. So the champions would no, be. No, he's no longer Pacquiao. a champion. He got beat, right? Yeah. Manny so Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence, and Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence. That might be. And Terrence Crawford. Yeah, Sp- yeah Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence. Yeah, yeah, we got Terrence gang up there. Players. Yeah. <laughs> It's an exciting division. They get a lot of good fights, you know, in that division. It seems like Porter been around a while. He's he's a he's a strong guy, and uh, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, what one just not recently. Uh, recently, he uh, he was in a battle for his life with uh, uh, what's his, what's the guy's name. Uh, I think I think Porter got the decision, but I don't think he won the fight recently. Who did he fight recently? Uh, Who was it? Udonis, Udonis Ugas. Udonis Ugas. Right, 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 right. Right, right before right. he, he uh, fought Errol Spence, he fought Ugas, and, and we all thought Ugas won that fight. Yeah. Porter's hanging around there. He's getting some nice fights. Making a lot of money. That's, you know, him and Maris. Morris is another division down, though. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm waiting to see some good fights. I mean, we 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 we've been hearing that so and so schedule, so the but none of them seem to be coming on. None of them yeah. seem to be you know they're all off in the distance. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering what the, you know, uh, a lot of these guys well, talk, I, they talk, they're never happy with a contract. I, I don't right. know how they how they survive financially. Right. If you only fight once or twice a year, if that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. The. Uh, they just don't. I'm glad you said that because uh, the. Uh, uh, Arthur Bedevev was supposed to have a fight coming up in the next week or so, and that's off now because uh, he's got uh, a um, injury to his uh, ribs. Do you know anything about that, Ty? Well, you know, it's it, it's sad because Bedevev um, right now is considered the best light heavyweight, uh, you know, with his, his last victory over Voschek. Um and the fact of the matter is, those guys only had 13 fights, and he's like 34 now. Um, and part of it is, is because he was having major promotional issues in Canada, um, and so he was on the shelf for for a few years essentially. And now he's returned to action. Obviously, COVID hits when he's hot and ready to defend his title after his thrilling victory that basically made him the ring number one light heavyweight. Uh, COVID hits, he gets pushed. That gets pushed behind. Then he starts training, and he gets hurt. So this is a guy who, who, as good as he is, uh, we just haven't seen too much of him. So I, I think it's a shame. He had an opponent switch, too. He was supposed to fight another opponent, then he had to switch, and then he got hurt. So, uh, you know, sometimes when you see opponent switches and then a fighter gets hurt, it, it, a lot of times it's not what it appears to be. It could be contract situations or what have you. Uh, but nonetheless, this is, a, you know, a tremendous fighter, who all too often is just not in the ring. Mm-hmm. All right. And, uh, uh, Bob, Demetrius, or, I'm sorry, Dustin Poirier uh, didn't want to fight uh, Tony Ferguson. I'm sure that everybody knows why. But uh, he, they were waiting for a new opponent. Do you have any, any idea who that would be? Uh, coming up, no. Um, yeah, they they... they after they passed up on Ferguson, no, no, no idea who they're going to put in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do well, you have so any idea why he was, decided not to? Uh, yeah, any information like they, on they why were, he, he didn't They were absolutely. They were not scheduled to fight by any stretch of the imagination. Just first. Uh-huh. Um, what it was was on the undercard of the Habib Nurmagomedov against Justin Gaethje fight. It's going to have. Right. He was planning on having Tony Ferguson uh, on the undercard and potentially, potentially fighting Dustin Poirier for a couple different reasons. Obviously, it has to pay for view sales, but having one of those guys in backup in case with everything going on, having a Tony Ferguson or Dustin Poirier as backup in case Khabib or or Gaethje gets COVID or gets injured or what have you, you still got a great fight. Well, what happened was is Dustin Poirier said, hey, look, I want to fight Tony Ferguson, but he's Tony Ferguson, so, you know, pay a little bit more money. This is a big card. Tony, you know, Dustin just wanted a little bit more money for Tony Ferguson. Dana White said, you know, no, that's not what we're going to do. Tony Ferguson came out with a tweet and said, hey, the fans want to see this fight. Pay this man. Ferguson said, pay Dustin Poirier. Oh, wow. Uh, but what happened was Dana White said, nope. You know what? We're 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 not going to do that. Dustin Poirier won't be at that card, and as a matter of fact, Tony Ferguson won't be at that card as well. What the UFC did do in the interim was sign Michael Chandler from Bellator. So the former yeah, lightweight uh, champion of yeah. Bellator is now in the UFC, and what Dana White did, and I, I honestly I think he kind of did this to stick it to to a Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson for kind of asking for more money is neither one of those guys is on the card. Michael Chandler is the backup in case Khabib or Justin Gaethje fall through. He's oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that, Ty. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, they're, they're, he's being smart, though, with the COVID thing going on and everything like that. He's actually paying some guys to be backups now uh, for the yeah. people that have, have have got uh, and they don't get a lot, and they've got to go through the the, the weight cut and you know, the whole bit. They got to be ready to go. But uh, he's tired of the shows, getting, you know, dropping off people. I noticed tonight he had a really packed undercard too, a prelim, you know, just in case anything happened, he can move people up. Mm-hmm. What was the? Uh, I was just getting the uh, 
getting a text here from uh, two of our uh, alumnus, uh, Mr. Armstead and uh, and his uh, right-hand man, uh, Mr. Simsek, seem to be, uh, I guess, imbibing this evening, and we're just asking to make sure that Bob's okay with his travels. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're we're good. I mean, uh, you know, I broke down in Vegas, so it is what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. Can't can't get in the fight, so I gotta watch them on T V, but you know, I'm gonna go find me a a, a buffet here in a bit. <laughs> hey, there's a great little uh, Italian place. I don't know if you like Italian food, it's called the Hole in the Wall. Um okay. small uh, small restaurant that uh everything's made in house right there. It's got great veal dishes. Um very nice. I always loved that. That place when I go there. Yeah, the hard part though is when you're going across country and you break down, you're literally stuck in the hotel. Yeah. Like I have no vehicle, or right. you know, and then, right. you know, the to go anywhere. And I was walking around everywhere today, you know, and and mm-hmm. I'm gonna wait till it cools off a bit because uh, yeah, it's a bit warm. Oh yeah, sure. You know, they got a tram too. Goes from MGM all the way up to uh, the uh, uh, the convention center. Okay. Well, see, I'm off the strip. I'm, I got to be over by the dealerships. The dealer, they got they, they, right. these are the closest dealerships I, I've ever seen. Normally, they have like a, a radius. You can't have a certain type of dealership, but there's one on each side of the of the freaking uh, Vegas. You know, so <laughs> I'm on the outskirts looking in. I can see the pretty lights. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Hey. Uh... We got uh, Terrence Crawford and uh, Kel Brook uh, slated for the uh, for November 14th. What's your thoughts on that one? Well, I mean, you have to favor uh, Terrence Crawford at this point in time. Kel Brook is a very dangerous fighter, and I, I do think um, in 2015, uh, right after his victory over Sean Porter, I think he was the best welterweight in the world, right with Keith Thurman. Um, in fact, Keith Thurman used to, you know, frequently say that he and Kel Brook were the best two welterweights in the world. But that was that was like four years ago. You know, and since that time, Kel Brook moved up two divisions to fight the monster that was Gennady Golovkin, uh, had a fractured orbital bone, then lost all of that muscle to go back to 147 and fight Errol Spence and had a fractured orbital bone. So, I mean, you know, that kind of derailed his career. Um, it's common knowledge that Kel Brook can't make 147 and be at his best. So not only is he past his prime as it is, but he's past his prime and he's fighting at a weight that he can't be fully effective at. So uh, Terrence Crawford should win pretty easily. Um, but it could be, you know, he might have to, you know, just mind himself for the first few rounds because Kel Brook is a good fighter and he's a dangerous fighter. Just It's just not his time anymore. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Hey, Bob, what, what's going on with Cerrone? Is he in or is he out? What's he What's he doing? Is he Is he retiring? Because at one point he was going to retire, and now I see that he's back uh, fighting. Do you have any idea? Yeah, I, I don't. You know, mentally, what's going on with him? No, I don't understand. But as a fighter, I mean, you know, one of my all-time faves. He'll He'll take a fight on short notice. He'll fight anybody anywhere. Um, but you know, again, his last. I mean, he he went down so quick to uh, McGregor. Um, you know, and, and, you know, then a couple of losses here and there. And so he, he's really got to look to come up, you know, and they're putting him, I, I, I hate to see maybe they're going to use him if he stays in kind of as a stepping stone. I don't want to see that. Um, but, you know, because Nico is good too. But Cerrone, I mean, he, he, he has the ability to retire, but I think he, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, you just got to stay in and ride that money train for as long as it pays. Mm-hmm. I was watching the uh, press conference actually today, the press conference from yesterday, and uh-huh. Donald Cerrone was asked that same question. And Cerrone was like, hell no, I don't want to retire. He said, uh, <laughs> that's not where I'm at. He said, um, you, know, I, you know, I've lost four fights in a row, but, you know, he lost to Gaethje, to Ferguson, to uh, McGregor, and he lost to Pettis. And a lot of people thought he won that Pettis fight. So what he recognizes is he – lost to high-level guys. He specifically talked about the McGregor fight, and he was like, dude, I lost in 40 seconds. That sucks. 
He said, so right. I'm looking, you know, forward to coming out here and having a good performance. He said, but no, I'm not looking to quit until I'm out here with a walker with tennis balls on it and Dana tells me I can't fight. That's exactly what the man said. <laughs> that's great. No, that's, you got you know, get, get, giving me the credit for that anyway. Hey, uh, um, Chris, we got uh, Alexander Povetkin and Dylan White on the uh, uh, November uh, 21st. What's your thoughts? Hmm. Well, that's a tough one. Uh, he's coming off a loss, isn't he? Yeah. And and Galen White's Galen White's coming off a loss too, isn't he? Yeah, this is a hey, Dr. Chris. This is the rematch. Uh, Dylan White was just knocked out by Povetkin like uh, two, three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, so they're doing a quick yeah. rematch November in November twenty first or something. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't know, Frank. You know, I'm going to pass on that one. All right, Ty. And I'm kind of with Dr. Chris. You know, I really don't know. Um, Dylan White was, was dominating the fight until he got caught. Um, and, again, mm-hmm. he didn't make a tremendous flaw. Uh, the punch that, that Povetkin caught him with, no other heavyweight in the world is, is going to throw. It's just that he's so schooled, uh, such an amateur pedigree, he just, you know, he just did what he did. He just happened to throw the perfect punch at the perfect time. Um, mm-hmm. Dylan White was winning that fight. So with that said, the better fighter at you know over the course of the rounds looked to be Dylan White, uh, but at the same time, Povetkin made an adjustment and made it something on Dylan White's chin. So Dylan White could look mm-hmm. good for six rounds, and Povetkin could do what he did again. Um, I really don't know. I think it's a very tough fight to call. The one thing that does kind of concern me is usually when guys get knocked out, um, you know, they're given you know literally like forty days, forty-eight days. Uh, to go ahead, you know, before they can start training again, a suspension by the mm-hmm. athletic commission. Um, Dylan mm-hmm. White, he, he, 28 days. That's it. Like, he got less time than uh, a lot of other fighters I've seen who've taken, um, not that he took a lot of damage, but he got not clean out. And, again, I've seen fighters <laughs> get le- get more suspension time um for knockouts that aren't as clean and, and conclusive and concussive. So, you know, I kind of wonder if Eddie Hearn, you know, pushed it through to make sure to make sure he could not have a long suspension. But that's the one thing that kind of concerns me. Um, you know, uh, again, in the 40s and 50s, guys would get knocked out and fight next week. Um, but, again, he, he suffered a real concussive knockout. So it's going to be interesting. And then, you know, mentally – he just got knocked cold a few months ago, and you're going back in with the same guy. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me ask you, uh, Chris, uh, Devin Haney has, has agreed to fight uh, Gary Russell on um, the uh, in, in November. Um, he's agreed. Uh, of course, he's going to agree at $1.5 million. But uh, isn't that a step up for him that uh, he may be uh, looking at some major problems? Gary Russell is fighting Haney? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Gary Russell for a while. He's, he's had a lot of weak opponents. He really mm-hmm. I thought he was really looking for uh, a fight to Lomachenko. Whatever happened to that? Did Lomachenko uh, turn it down, or did, or it never, it just never came off, huh? Just never came off. Mm-mm. Be a hell, that be that would be a good fight. I don't know sure. that uh, the other uh, Kevin Haney. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Guy Russell's so damn fast, but he really, he really handpicks opponents. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had some easy, easy fights in the last uh, two years. As a fought anybody of any, you know, I'd like to see him step up and, you know, he's not, he's only going to be that fast for a certain period of time in his life. He better start fighting somebody where he can make some money. That's not even mm-hmm. a lot of money, a million and a half for a title mm-hmm. fight. And he's a, 
He's a featherweight now. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, well again, Doctor Chris, that's not that's not a real offer at all. So, is a lot of internet chatter going on? A lot of Instagram, social media chatter going on between the camps of Gary Russell and Devin Haney. There is no fight right now. Devin Haney is oh. 135. He's 135. He fights at 135. Gary Russell fights at 126. The 1.5 million that Butch was talking about is an offer that Gary Russell made to settle a personal grudge with Terrence Crawford. Devin Haney's camp heard that and say, hey, we'll pay you $1.5 million for you to come up two weight classes and fight Devin Haney. Terrence Crawford said, I'm not I, – I, I, I would have taken $1.5 because I have a problem with Terrence Crawford. It was a personal issue. He goes, this is business. I'm a champion. I, I get paid more than $1.5 million to fight. And they're two weight classes apart. And like I said earlier, what's really going on is right now, Devin Haney's camp is in negotiations for him to defend the title more than likely against Yuri Yorkis Gamboa. Gary Russell is not going up two divisions to fight Devin Haney in his next fight. The $1.5 million is not a realistic offer. That is just all this is, is internet chatter that it has led into people thinking it's real news, but it's not real news at all. They're not. You'll see Devin Haney fight Yuri Orkis Gamboa more than likely in a couple of weeks. Gary Russell, don't know when he's going to fight, but knowing Gary Russell, he'll probably just fight his mandatory. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, um, the, the, the other question I had was uh, Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. Uh, I think we, we pretty well beat that up last week, but uh, uh, Chris, what's your thoughts on that one? Wow. Uh, you know what, Frank? I, I I'm thinking about thinking of both fighters, and I'm trying to trying to put it together. Uh, how long? How old is Campbell now? Mm-hmm. He probably is, is uh, mid to late twenties, isn't he? Isn't he tight? Now I think Campbell's either late twenties or early thirties. Uh, yeah. Campbell won yeah. gold for for British at the Olympics, so I'm thinking he he might be uh, maybe about the same age. Lomachenko's 32, maybe they're around the same age. Mm-hmm. Lomachenko's 32 Ryan, years Ryan, old now. Yeah, Lomo's 32. Well, he's got some time left. And Ryan Garcia you know, yeah. is 21. I, I do think Luke Campbell's crossed the 30 threshold. That's a big age gap, isn't it? Yeah. 21 years old. Wow. Nobody's 21. No, I could choose older than Holy God. <laughs> get up that far. <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's a big, big gap. But Campbell's been around a long time. He's had some great mm-hmm. fights. I, I, You know, and the other guy's just a, new, a newcomer. You know, what, what are you going to say? It's hard to. Hard to predict that one. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Z? That's tight in it. No, I think you're right. It, it is hard to predict because, I mean, Campbell's a known quantity. Um, you know, my brother and I, Zito and I, both thought that he deserved at least a draw against Lomachenko. He was right in that fight to the end. Um, I thought one of the scorecards that heavily favored Lomachenko was a bad scorecard. I thought Campbell, if he lost that fight, lost the by maybe a round. Um, and he hurt Lomachenko. If, I don't know if you guys remember, he buzzed Lomachenko. Lomachenko had to grab him. Campbell's a hell of a fighter. Uh, Ryan Garcia, he, he's an unknown quantity. He's 21 with all the skills in the world. You know, he's tall for the division. He's quick. He's got good pop. And, you know, you those guys are the truth until they fight and beat a guy like Luke Campbell. So it's a very interesting fight. There's a part of me that thinks it could be a little too much too soon. Um, but, you know, that's why they fight the fights. So we will see. That's a very interesting, kind of like Dr. Chris. When you get a fight with so many question marks uh, and unknown quantities, it's harder to make a prediction. And, you know, just don't know how good Ryan Garcia is, but you know the Luke Campbell fight will give us the answers. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob, uh, how about uh, Chris Cyborg coming back uh, in Bellator? 
Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that one for a title fight against uh, Arlene uh, Benikov? Um, I think she'll do good. I mean, you know, she she came over and tried to do the UFC thing, was talking smack, couldn't do some uh, matchups or whatever. Now she's going back to Bellator where she belongs, you know what I mean? She does good over there. Um, but, you know, her opponent's uh, looking pretty good as well. So Cyborg's just – she's just a beast, man. She's – I don't know how much weight she cuts to get down to her fight weight, but she just looked rocked up all the time. So um, I think anybody going against her has got a hard uh, – a hard time. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, hey, Ty, uh, real quick, did you hear that uh, as far as tonight goes with uh, uh, Woodley and, and uh, Covington, um, Covington, you know, pissed off Jorge Masvidal. They used to be friends and training partners and stuff. So Masvidal actually went and helped Woodley get ready for this fight. Yeah, I do know that. Just that Masvidal <laughs> flew out. Yeah, he flew out to St. Louis where Tyron yeah. Tyron trains, and he helped Tyron train for a fight. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hmm. um, how much can you know? What I can see sparring and boxing, but how, it's got to be awful difficult for these uh, uh, MMA fighters and so forth to, to spar properly. I mean, how? How much does a good sparring partner count? I mean, it counts a hell of a lot in boxing, but it's huge. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to have because again, you're going to have multiple training. Uh, uh, I mean, no one's as well rounded as they should be. I mean, you got to so you're going to do some time rolling jujitsu with you know some guys, and, and usually in jujitsu you're not punching at all. You know, so you're just rolling and you're working on submissions sometimes with gi. Uh, good, you guys with the, with you know getting ready for UFC, go no gi. Um, you know, jiu-jitsu is worth the gi. And so you've got that grappling aspect going on as well. And then, you know, then you've got your kickboxing instructors or your, you know, so you're sparring around with those guys. And that would just be like, you're just like you're boxing. And then, you know, and then, and then your transition guys, you know, working in with your wrestlings, your shoots, your takedowns. Now, in my experience, um, that's where most of my, you know, most people get hurt because they, you know, the beginners are coming in trying to shoot way too hard and they don't have the technique and they're folding people's knees and stuff like that. But the transition between, you know, stand up and ground is is something to be, you know, trained as well. Um, and then and then you know you get the right kind of guys, and then you can do the the, the grappling training on the ground to where you're looking for submissions if they're there. You're wearing the small gloves and you're kind of, you know, rolling if you will, kind of quote unquote. You're not trying to hurt each other. You're just looking for openings. Um, you're hitting half speed down there. Um, you're not punishing each other because you you need those training partners to keep going. I mean, the, the hardest part about getting through any fight camp is like you got to get through safe. You know, you you can't be having cuts, you can't be having any kind of concussions. You know, so you need training partners because basically, you know, you know, you need not just one guy but several guys that are just gonna push you to your limit, but then pull back enough so you don't get hurt, so you get to abuse them for a minute. So training partners are, are, are I mean, they're hard to come by. You get those good good partners in there because then you get the egos in there and you get, you know, the students and students want to try to go a little too hard. Um, so it's, it's really critical to have the good training partners. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, it's uh, got to be difficult in that sport to have a good training partner. I mean, uh, you know, like you say, you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get hurt in boxing either. But of course, you got the bigger gloves you can go to. You got the headgear you can wear. You know, you still, you know, you still get some injuries in that. But uh, I, I just, you know, being a novice at at the at the MMA and the other, I'm I'm uh, just wondering how the hell important it is to have a good partner. But now you you made it clear. You know, I can understand that. Yeah, you kind of need several partners. I mean, there's just not because, like, again, a lot of the now that MMA is as big as it is, you can go into one gym and 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 find enough coaches usually to 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 balance that out. But back in the day, you know, fighters, you know, you you would be training over here doing jujitsu at this gym, then you're over here doing kickboxing at another gym, and then maybe you wrestled in high school or or vice versa. You know, maybe you were a kickboxer and, and mm-hmm. some wrestlers came in and started, you know, so you kind of utilize mm-hmm. each and everybody's skills to, to be well-rounded, but no one's going to walk in completely fully well-rounded. They're, they're going to be, they're going to be experts in that one said field. And then you got to kind of absorb the, the, the talent from, 
you know, each of your coaches or as many training partners as you can get, you know, because having fresh bodies is everything. Now, I can see where you're seeing from a novice point. Like when we're down there grappling, Dr. Chris, we do a takedown. Say we stay stand up and we, and we go out and we start sparring around a little bit and somebody sees a takedown. They get the takedown, and again, you're, you kind of want to go half speed. You don't want to resist it too much because then they'll put too much pressure on it, you know. Um, and then so you kind of mm-hmm. fight back and forth for that position. But again, it, it's kind of half speed. And then once you get down to the ground, then you pick it back up full speed or, or you know, 80% for the jiu-jitsu. But you keep your striking at like a 20%, you, you know. And then you don't necessarily practice elbows and, and stuff on a ground opponent that you're training with. You roll over to a bag and you punish that when you're tired, you know, you get that, that mm-hmm. cardio and stuff. I mean, you don't want to be throwing elbows and stuff at your training partners, or, you know, cause you need them fresh every day as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I bet you there's a lot of arguing in the gym. There's a lot of, there's probably a lot of uh, animosity created. If uh, somebody gets out of hand in one of those training sessions, you know, trying to, Make a name for himself against a, uh, a named opponent. You know, and I imagine there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, arguments between trainers. You know. Well, I mean, it's almost like parenting, man. I mean, if you you want you want both parents to be on the same goal for that kid. You don't want one parent pulling the other way. Right. Same thing with coaches. You know, you want to be behind that that one person and 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 and, and be for that person being better because most of the time the coaches. They, they spent all the years becoming black belts or becoming pro kickboxers, and they didn't cross-train back in the day. They didn't have right. that sort of So you're going to these old-school guys to get the lo- real legit stuff, and then you're kind of putting it together yourself. But now anymore in the mm-hmm. last, you know, um, 10 years, I mean, it's grown such exponentially that, that the gyms now, the, the coaches, you're not going from, uh, you know, over here to a jiu-jitsu gym and over here to a kickboxing gym all the coaches are going to the big facilities that where that where they have the cages, the bags, you know, and then, and then again, these fighters, they, they train, you know, say you get up in the morning, you do your cardio, you're running, and then you come back, you do a weight training thing. And then later in that afternoon, you know, it's an hour and a half of jujitsu. Then later in that afternoon, you know, at the evening, maybe it's an hour of kickboxing. I mean, it's a full day thing to get, to get that well-rounded. Wow. I guess it, I guess it is. You know, in boxing, it's just, uh, I don't give a, if you're fighting a, uh, you know, a top 10 contender, it's almost the same thing over and over and over. You don't have a lot of that variety. You only got one thing to worry about, and it's probably a little easier. It's a little easier. A boxing training camp is a hell of a lot easier than uh, the quadrangle uh, style of fighting. I I mean, I've, I've been to some... You know, I've seen Ali train. I've seen quite a few, you know, top fighters train. They all take a different approach. They all take a different approach. Some guys are good in the gym. Some guys are not good gym fighters. You know, this is just curious as to uh, that's got to be difficult getting a guy ready. Uh, the opponent when you you're fighting. What, Dr. Chris? I, I think the biggest difference, and, and to me, the biggest difference, maybe – in a sense, the biggest benefit to MMA is that MMA kind of, in a sense, follows the whole wrestling thing where they have a team, they have teams. So, you know, Errol Spence, you know, he may train alongside of a Jamal Charlo, but that's it. You know, certain, certain head coaches, certain boxing coaches and cornermen have stables, but MMA was prevalent are big teams. So you take a guy like uh, Kobe Covington, we're talking about Kobe Covington. Well, He's training. He's getting sparring with the top guys in the game. So you take a, a Errol Spence. Well, he's going to get sparring, but he's not going to necessarily get sparring with a guy who's you know the the third or fourth rank welterweight in the world in the world. With with Chris with, with Doctor with uh, Bob was just telling you we're talking about Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal is ranked like fifth in the world. But he went and trained with Tyron Woodley, who's ranked eighth in the world. Why? Because they were in the same camp. Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal were best friends in the same camp. Both top 15 ranked welterweights at one time. Now they're both in the top 10. That's what's kind of really prevalent. So in MMA, you're, you're getting the best of the best are actually helping each other to get better, 
whereas in boxing, Errol Smith and Keith Thurman aren't going to necessarily be sparring against each other. You get that in MMA because of the whole team concept. But you're right, Dr. Chris. You, like I had, I had one kid that I put a lot of effort into, and and you know did bent over backwards for, and gave him, you know, pushed him to the top of the gym, and you know, and, and he came came back and repaid us with, you know, it was more selfish, you know, try to try to explain the team atmosphere. Like you have to be there for your team too when they're cutting weight, when they're when they're getting their fighting camps, and and he got very selfish, and you know, when he was off, he just wanted to be off, but when he was in a camp, he wanted right. everyone to be there for him. You know what I mean? And so you kind of like yeah. one of the first things on the door of my old gym, you know, check your ego at the door. I'm going to get you. you. You know, like I'll I'll find a way. Like you don't know everything yet. Like I'm going to keep a couple secrets in my old age. You know, but the whole right. point is like I'm trying to make you the better me anyway, or at least good enough to beat me because you can beat me. Well, then you've got a chance of beating a whole lot of other people. Now at this point, you know, uh, I want you to take that and rise for it and cross train and this and that. But again, give back to your team. You know, the good part, it's, it's surprising, Dr. Chris, as from a novice standpoint, in, in MMA, you, you never, I don't want to say never, but, you know, it's too definitive, but for the most 99.9% of the time, don't get hurt by somebody good. You get hurt by the beginners. And that's right. where you got to, because they don't know how to control their strength. They come in with too much ego. They come up, they come in with, you know, they, they, maybe they knock somebody out in school once or twice. So they think they're a tough guy and they come in throwing bombs. Well, you're open. I'm right. going to take you apart with that. But you know, you don't need to land that one bomb on, on another new person. You know, there's nothing to prove here. You're eventually going to get mm-hmm. it. You know, I mean, the whole point of, you know, becoming a black belt in jujitsu, black belt, you, you've tapped thousands of times and tapping out, is is saying calling uncle it, you, you didn't just get in there and beat everybody like you you learned by tapping that's a first first rule mm-hmm. of any kind of jujitsu game is learn how to call it quits because they'll get you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm just not familiar i'm just i've never never been to a never been to an mma gym at all or, or you know the, i never there aren't any in, in Philly, as far as I know. Are there any in Philly? I don't yeah, think there are. I don't think there, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are a few in Philly. Yeah, they, and the only reason why I know is because I was training Muay Thai. And, I mean, there's, there, we got MMA gyms here in Delaware. And a lot of those guys that were fighting MMA really? would come to us and get their – Yeah, they would come to us and get their striking. Yeah, there's, there's a few MMA, MMA gyms in Philly. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Chris, I, 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 I had my own gym, um, you know, and we were one of the smaller gyms and we were competing, you know, we had like maybe 10 people on our fight team, you know, and maybe a hundred whole students, you know, we were a small gym, but we were, you know, a family that, or, you know, orientated. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we were still, beating, our team was still beating some of the guys that were coming out of Denver. And these guys got, you know, 10,000 square foot gyms, hundred people on their fight team, you know, all these different fighters, different, several different weight classes. You, you know what I mean? We kind of had one or two per people in each weight class was it. Um, you know, it's like, and again, too, depending on the size of your gym, you know, and I, I, a lot of people would, would, would go out and, they, and they'd find, you know, legitimate boxers and try to work on their hand mm-hmm. stuff. Because, you know, you, you're not mm-hmm. going to get that kind of good boxing in MMA. It's going to be more of a kickboxing. Um, and so nothing wrong with that. But a, a true boxer staying tight and all that kind of stuff, you can learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. But anytime we just kind of get together and, and pulling their resources, if you will. We got a, finally got the a, a, an answer on when uh, Terrence Crawford's going to be fighting. It's going to be the fourteenth uh, of November with Kell Brooks. What's your thoughts, Ty? Oh yeah, we just talked about that. Um, Kell Brooks a little, uh, yeah, just we just we literally just discussed that. Kell Brooks a little long in the tooth, and uh, hadn't made the weight for a while, so it'd be keen game up. Okay, and you know you've always been the the guy with the the business end of it. What's the uh, what's the deal with uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez's lawsuit was thrown out on a technicality? Uh, yeah, they have until. Uh, September, I, I want to say they have until Butch, maybe September 28th or 9th, but they have like until next week, until the end of the month, to refile. And uh, it just had something to do with 
one of it literally was literally just a technicality. So, you know, they they have a few weeks to refile, but it also gives Golden Boy and the zone a few weeks to go ahead and maybe try to react before this goes to court. The big thing about this going to court is it opens up a line of communication between Canelo Alvarez and the zone. Canelo Alvarez doesn't deal with the zone. Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy does. So the way it works is the zone has a contract with Golden Boy. Golden Boy has a contract with Canelo. So Canelo apparently had been wanting to see the contract between the zone and Golden Boy because obviously it, it, it talks about the services that Canelo renders. He's never been able to see the contract. This goes to court. He gets to see the contract. This opens a direct line of communication. And you got to kind of think that that's not something Golden Boy Promotions really wants. Uh, all of a sudden, if Canelo's dealing with the zone, then what do they need Golden Boy for? So, um, you know, if, 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 if you would imagine that if Oscar's smart, he's really got his lawyers uh, talking to Canelo and trying to work things out before they refile and get this in court. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, that brings us right up to the end of our uh, of our hour. Uh, Bob, you're you're waiting to get to your buffet. Uh, right. Chris, uh, Chris has got to get by the fire so he can warm up from all that time and he was in the woods today. Man, it's cold. I'm still cold. <laughs> yeah, but Chris, you were for about two hours. Yes, right. Wouldn't have that shit. Yeah, if you came down to Florida, you wouldn't have that shit, Chris. We heard you and Elaine. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's she stays in. She's a, she doesn't like the cold. We're just having an argument yeah. about Florida. You know, uh, yep. never yep. wanted to go to Florida. All of a sudden, she's cold. She wants to go to Florida now. There you go. You know, one down. One one cold day, they want to go to Florida. <laughs> I gotta call Ronnie. I gotta call yeah. Ronnie. I haven't had me. I haven't been keeping up with my phone calls with him like I usually do. I'll see what see what yeah, he's up just, to. He's telling me he's bored. That. He's bored, Frank. Life's too easy yeah. for him. Yeah. You know. And now he's bored. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I said, well, you know, you know, he's at that one of those places that cooks for you, does everything. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. I imagine you would get bored. I would get tired of it. Sure. You know, you know, got to have a lot of, you got to have aggravation in your life. <laughs> you, you, you know, it's, it's too smooth. You don't know, you know aggravation, okay. you know, you got to have a little of it anyway. I try to avoid it, but uh, okay. <laughs> okay, Chris, we'll, we'll you can't have we'll talk to you next too, week. Too, all right, Bob. I hope uh, everything goes well on the on your the rest of your trip home and you get there by Monday. Uh, uh, we'll figure it out, guys. Thank you. God bless everybody, and and uh, you take care. I'll see you next week. Be right, safe, Bob. Safe. All right, thanks, Ty. Thanks, Ty. Uh, you want to lead us up? Hey, it's been a great show. Always uh, great talking to you, Doctor Chris, Bob. I can't believe Bob is still dealing with this truck. That's like a saga. Um, so we, we definitely hope all is well. We want everybody to get in safely. Bob is our co-pilot, and uh, Coach Mel is watching over. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. To the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women of police and fire services, when you're out there and you see somebody in, in uniform, please uh, make sure you let them know that you know they're there. That's everybody. I mean, people, that doctors, lawyers. Uh, lawyers don't need lawyers. They any reason you know that the lawyer's lying is his mouth is moving. Um, but uh, the doctors, nurses, and all the sundry people at the hospitals and that are keeping us out of uh, problems with uh, COVID. Um, these programs, again, uh, are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers. San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Onofa Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longville Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol, 
Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike God, Mark Wilson, uh, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police, Corporal, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Corporal Stephen Bauer, uh, Delaware State Police, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artith Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Jeffrey, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Root Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, and Trooper, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, you may be 10-7 at this point in time, but at some time we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the road right up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the Lord, good Lord keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week.
1999. County dispatch to 1999. All units be advised 1999's response was last emergency. May God rest his soul. Bob, we love you and we miss you.